This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Sometimes the first thing you hear isn't always the right thing. And sometimes we all need to step back, take a deep breath, and realize that simple things can be complicated. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80 on your smart speakers. It's the debut. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz sitting side by side with you on what I described earlier and I think can only be described as a very heavy day across the sports community. For everyone that loves watching their favorite team, for players, for fans, for everybody on the field last night in the Bills-Bengals game, and most importantly, for the family and loved ones around Damar Hamlin, the Bills' safety went into cardiac arrest following a hit in the game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. So at some point, it causes a lot of reaction. Now, I do want you to hear a little of the latest here, try and get you some of the statement. We have statements from the Bills, We have, or as I should say, from the Bengals. We also have statements from the family. The family has let us know that when there are updates, they will update us. This is the statement from the family of DeMar Hamlin, and I quote, On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We're deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion means the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. Now that is the latest we have from the family. And Harry, last night, this is what was happening. Twitter all of a sudden saying the initial reports that floated out there were that the league uh, said that they had a five-minute period to warm up and get back in action. Uh, that created a lot of debate about why the league was taking so long to postpone the game, why we weren't hearing anything, and where this five-minute rule came from. Troy Vincent, executive vice president of NFL Football Operations, said this very specifically about that five-minute warning. Five minutes warm up never, never was, never crossed my mind personally. And I was uh, the one I'm saying I, not to be selfish, but the one that was communicating with the commissioner. We never, frankly, it never crossed our mind that to talk about warming up to resume play. That's that's ridiculous. That's that's um, insensitive, and that's not a place that that we should ever be in. Now, that's straight from the person communicating with the commissioner. I can't make everybody believe what he has to say. A lot of people are like, oh, they wouldn't even tell you. But, Harry, I think we have to understand that in these situations, there may be standard operating procedures. There might be a manual somewhere. Somebody on the field that doesn't know what's going on is saying five minutes. That gets communicated to somebody on the broadcast. We hear it, and all of a sudden we take it as the gospel. There's really no indication here that the league was ever about to restart this game. I can understand both sides from fans and the National Football League because there have been cases – uh, or things that transpired in the National Football League where people may say the National Football League um, and, and the people high up aren't sensitive enough towards certain things. Facts. So you can understand why you know fans may have the reactions that they're having. The flip side of that also is that you can't believe everything you hear just because it comes out of someone's mouth. You have to make sure you check your sources. And if Troy Vincent say it never crossed his mind that they were going to you know have a five-minute grace period and go out there and play, then... You know, you you just got to take your word for it. Now, whether you believe them or not, that's on you. 
But I don't know how in the hell, and I say it like that because I don't know how in the hell you can go out there and say, you know, these guys are going to take a five-minute grace period and warm up, and you've seen the reactions from everyone involved in that football game where there was the coaching staff, where there was the, the players, the medical staff. It's no way uh, the, the naked eye can say, you know what, this game is going to resume. And yeah. I'm glad the NFL made the right decision because the backlash would have been it would have it would have been a heated one. And and I think maybe calculated is the word that I use a lot of times with the NFL. Everything they do has a plan of some sort. Yep. And they really, at the end of the day, they follow money. We all know that. But I will say this. It's really easy for anybody sitting in front of a microphone today. For anybody sitting in front of their keyboard, it is so easy to say, well, cancel these games. We're not going to. Okay. Then what? Because while it can be easy for all of us to say, just do it, somebody still has to deal with the ramifications that are caused by just doing it. If you cancel a game, there still has to be somebody, that's somebody being Roger Goodell, that's going to be responsible for how that's communicated, who's that, who that's communicated to, uh, how they get police at the stadium to reverse the road so that everybody can get out of the stadium in time, uh, what they need to do from an operations standpoint, how they're going to reschedule the game, what it could mean for, for possible cancellations or rescheduling later in the season, what stadium availability looks like, what are they going to do if they have to move multiple games. Like These are all things that don't matter to me and you, and they shouldn't matter to me and you because all we're supposed to care about and need to care about and put all our energy towards is DeMar Hamlin. But it needs to matter to, to Roger Goodell. And I'm not sure you can get an immediate answer to any of that. Like, we can all sit there and say, this is simple. And he can sit there and say, you are right. But in order to be simple, it has to be wildly complicated. Well, Fitz, I will say this. I did an internship at the NFL office in 2009, the year I tore my ACL. And going in different departments and seeing how structured and seeing how everything has a plan – I knew it wasn't going to be a decision that came out right then and there at the snap of people, uh, people's fingers when they wanted it to. Because like you said, everything is a process. And Roger Goodell, there's a reason why he makes $40 million a year. Because a lot of things lie on his shoulders and he has to make a decision based on viewing everything going on. Now, granted, I will say this, and I've said this on numerous of, uh, occasions on other shows in the past, is that in this country... I think we we put at the forefront, we put in front of everything the amount of money and dollars that corporations can make. And sometimes we forget about the human element and the sensitivity and the empathy that we need to have for certain situations. This is one of those situations, because I'll be honest with you, when it comes to someone life and death and them and their life is on the line, I don't care about how much damn money you're talking about making and you can make. I really don't. I, and I totally agree. I think... Even if we give the full benefit of the doubt to the league and say the league also doesn't care, they still have to work out those details, right? Yes. They so still like have I think to go both, through, both they, are true. It's still right? a process. It's still things that they have to go through, and you just can't say, "Boom, five seconds, ten seconds, five minutes." We're going to do A, B, C, or D. It takes more time than that. You also have to get on the phone with other people. Um, but I also still want to give a shout out, man, to Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott because 100%. the way they handled the situation, I think, is. It's great leadership and the way things like that should happen. And for those men, I got to give them their flowers because a young man's life is on the line and they understood that. They understood that football is going to take the back burner to, mm -hmm. uh, to DeMar Hamlin. And that's what transpired last night. And it was a, a beautiful thing to see within a game that you don't see things like that all the time transpire. Yeah, and, and the, the he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry. I, I love what you're saying there because they prioritize the right thing. Yes. Now, in, when which, it, in which sometimes... 
when money and all that stuff is involved, the right thing is not always done right. in this country. Even if Roger Goodell wants to do the right thing, he still has to work out the rest of it right? yes. because contracts exist, right? Yep. Like, So this is that like weird part of TV partnerships and stadium partnerships. The other part of it is we always talked about protecting the shield. I would argue that there is no bigger shield for the shield than Roger Goodell. My guy doesn't actually have the power to go in and do all of these things without talking to the owners first. Now, you know, that that's not an easy process to do. You got to talk to 32 different NFL owners that might all also agree. I'm sure all also agree that the right thing to do is but to you may to have you may have some that don't though. Yeah, and then right? all of it has financial ramifications. Exactly. Like, like you know, so the questions that we don't care and, and I and man, I can't say this loud enough before somebody clips it off and throws it back at me. The question we don't care about is what's it mean for the playoffs? What's it mean for C like we don't care about that. Yep. Roger Goodell has to care about that. He has to have those answers. And there's not going to be a simple way for him to answer that. So one of the complexities here is that the players need to worry about one thing right now. They need to worry about their mentals and their teammates. That's right. So that's two things. They need to worry about their mentals and their teammates. The teams. Look at you can count. uh, Well, you know, it's one step at a time. (laughs) I can't read still, but I can count. Uh, The teams need to worry about the, the mentals for all of their players and talking to Herm earlier, like they need to worry about how they're conveying and talking to people, hug people, like the, the very basic human nature uh, messages. That's what the teams need to worry about. Roger Goodell is the one that now is going to have to worry about contracts, and TV partners, like, and we don't care. Get that worked out. I'm just saying that uh, the, a little bit of grace to how much complication there is in working that out is also okay in this situation. No, it's it's 100% because, like I just mentioned, Fitz, it's all a process. And in the time frame that the, you know, DeMar Hamlin went down, there's a lot that, you know, Roger Goodell and Troy Vincent, those guys have to figure out, go through, understand. And there's always a league official at these, at these games. And, you know, you've seen Zach Taylor last night on the phone. You've seen Sean McDermott on the phone. Um, you, you see things just trying to get worked out, but – there are, there are ramifications, and, and, and it's a process, man. It's things you have to go through before you make decisions instantly. I think there is a long, long road ahead for the players, for the league, over the next several days, and you and I are going to echo this together. There is nothing more important than the health of DeMar Hamlin, and there's no decision about what's coming next that can or should be reached until we know the status of of that. Yeah. And that is important to stress. Uh, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. We're keeping uh, breaking it down for you. One of the best coaches in the NFL has known DeMar Hamlin since he was 12 years old. You're going to hear from him next. It's Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Today's the debut of our new show on ESPN Radio. You can listen to us Monday through Friday from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen or watch us in the ESPN app. If you go to the More button, the little three button uh, down there, you can uh, check out a way to find us right there in the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz will be coming at you every single day wherever you get your ESPN content. Obviously, the story of today is DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo safety. DeMar Hamlin had his heartbeat restored on the field after suffering cardiac arrest during the team's Monday night game against the Bengals. 
He's currently in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. So uh, the latest we have from DeMar Hamlin's family is that, quote, we will release updates as soon as we have them. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. No updates yet from the league regarding what's next, but we are getting plenty of reaction from some of the biggest names in the sport. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, has had a long-standing reaction to the long-standing relationship, I should say, with Demar Hamlin. This is his reaction just now from his press conference. Man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher, and, and that young man being a Pittsburgher. I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him. As a human being, um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment uh, because it's just cool to – to, to not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to, to know them since they were younger people and to, to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them, um, you know, earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing. And he's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted he, him and that organization up in prayer. That's not obviously something that you ever want to see. Harriet speaks to the impact not just felt by the players on the field last night but by the entire league because these relationships run deep all over the NFL 100% and for me man you you look at DeMar Hamlin and what he's been able to do um, with this tour drive right and giving back to the community and you know growing up a certain way and not having that many role models in this life but saying you know what I'm gonna make the right choices and then when I get to where I need to be in life I'm going to go back and I'm going to be that guy that these young kids could look up to. It's phenomenal in my eyes. And a lot of times that we we don't think about these type of things when, you know, we, we have professional athletes and they're playing a sport because we so engulfed in, in, in what they can do for our teams. But when they take the time out of their, their schedule to go back to places that they grew up and give back, I think it's amazing because there are a lot of kids out here who, you know, don't have these role models and people to look up to and people that can, you know, help them through life and be that listening ear. Because one thing I have learned um, throughout, you know, this this 38 years of life is that these kids aren't bad. They just need somebody to listen to them instead of pointing fingers and, talk, and, and, and telling them things all the time. And DeMar Hamlin does that. And I got to give a shout out to Bill's Mafia for and people and other people who decide that they want to donate to his tour drive for, you know, putting their funds towards a great cause for him to be able to make difference, uh, make a difference in these kids and these, these young people's lives that may need the guidance, that may need things because, you know, their mom and dad or, or, their, or their guardian can't provide for them. But it also shows you that, you know, he's a guy that wants the community to be a better place. Yeah, you mentioned that, you know I mean? chari- yeah, that charity you mentioned. Uh, it's the Chasing M's Foundation chair, Community Toy Drive uh, that right now GoFundMe is out there with a it, right now they've raised four point two five million dollars. So it does speak to some of we talked earlier about you know fans and the way that so many fans consume the game. This is also a reminder of of the love fans can show yep. uh, in incredibly hard moments, and it speaks. I mean, Demar Hamlin is somebody that as you, as you heard there from Mike Tomlin. I mean, 
grew up in a tough part of Pennsylvania, uh, had suffered a lot of loss, was reading a couple of different articles talking about the fact that he had multiple friends die before he was 18 in different incidents out on the streets and uh, a really rough upbringing and a lot of chances where life could have gone wrong for him and uh, went through some injury issues that took him from being one of the top prospects in the state to suddenly, you know, where were his offers going to come from? Plays at Pitt. He's a sixth-round selection for the Buffalo Bills, and he's making his mark on a team that, you know, is, is playing for the number one seed in the AFC. So you, you talk about the real dream here. You're talking about somebody whose dad was incarcerated for several years, and, you know, now he's he's brought that relationship together and, and what this means to the whole family. I keep thinking about the fight that it takes to make it in the the sacrifice it takes to make it in the NFL, not just of the, the individual, but of the whole family. It, it took your family doing so much to help you get to the NFL, right? You think about Tamar Hamlin's family and what they've given for him to get the NFL. I cannot imagine what all of them are thinking right now for a young man that has given so much to get to the platform that he has. Well, you, a lot of people just think it's, you know, the athletic ability of these players. Right. But no, it's, it's more so than that because a lot of the times we don't know their upbringing. We don't know where they come from. We don't know the challenges that they have faced to get to, the, to get to where they are in life at this moment, right? And for him to make the right choices, for him to say, you know what, I want to you know, be A, B, C, or D. I, this is what I want to do. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to make the right decisions. Uh, I'm not going to be denied and then get to this point and play at a very, very high level and then have last night happen. It, it just makes you want to cry because you know that young man put forth the time, he put forth the effort, and he made choices that was probably hard for him growing up because of surroundings. But the choices that he made were the right choices. Right, and then now you get to this point to where you're playing in the National Football League at a very, very high level, and you're balling out for your team. And to have this frantic accident happen last night, I hurt for him. I hurt for his family because there's so much that goes into this. And I played with guys, man, who who made it to the National Football League that didn't expect to live past age 21. Mm. I had a teammate, man, who grew up in a crack house, feds busting his parents' house, and take him and his brother. You know, but luckily he had a high school coach that still, you know, motivated him and and told him, hey, this is the path you need to go down. And he listened to him. Right. So you have a lot of different stories in the National Football League that these players may go through to get to a certain point. But then there's another challenge. There, there's there's the cardiac arrest on a routine tackle that that you're not prepared for and his teammates aren't prepared for. And we call that real life. And there's no manual for real life. You know what I mean? That, that when things transpire like it did last night. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. And you mentioned no manual. You get used to, you almost compartmentalize what it feels like for an ACL, for, for a normal injury. You know, somebody yeah. goes through a, uh, an ankle injury. You're like, oh, man, that really sucks. Life and death is a different ball game, it's, man. It's a total. Different and, ball game. And, and you saw that. You could see that palpably from the reactions from everybody on the field, you could you could feel that all the way to your core from their reactions. Uh, I, I think it's an important reminder of the human element of all of this. And one one other thing that I noticed in reading on Demar was part of the reason he stayed at Pitt was to, he wanted to be a positive influence for his younger brother. You think about the family impact, and that's what we're gonna, just going to keep but stressing that's his on mindset. this show. That's how great of a human being that that we're talking about right here. You know what I mean? It's, it's things like that, man, that separate him. From, from, the, from the norm, that separate him from other guys. We are getting an updated statement from the Bills. This is breaking. The statement, quote, DeMar Hamlin spent last night in the intensive care unit 
and remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far. That is the latest that we have. We will keep bringing you the latest. We're going to get perspective from someone who was in the stadium last night. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It's the premiere of our show that will come to you every single weekday from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio. We hope you'll keep hanging out with us. We have a new update. You just heard Christine Lisi reference it. Once you get the full statement, this was just tweeted out by our own Adam Schefter. This is a statement from the NFL. I will read it in its entirety. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and NFLPA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. We will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. Also want to make sure everybody knows that for people in the Buffalo area, Bills fans doing a prayer vigil at 3 o'clock at the stadium store. So, opportunity to go out there. That is uh, the latest of what we have. And, uh, Harry, uh, we we asked you to call in a favor here. Somebody that you know incredibly well joins us right now. Eric Wood, Bills radio analyst, joining us uh, on the phone. Obviously, you were in the stadium last night. You would. I really appreciate you hanging out with us and coming in to give us the, your thoughts on this. Describe the moment. We're all watching it on TV. We're all trying to figure it out. What was it like in that stadium? Yeah, well, first off, my pleasure and wish I was coming on for – uh, this this my first appearance on your guys' show under better circumstances, but it was um, it was like nothing I've ever been a part of last night. You went from having you know the most buildup of many and maybe any game of the entire regular season this year, just an electrifying atmosphere to complete silence in an instance, and the fans and everybody just seeing the players. Reaction probably first, then the medical staff, the coaches, the way the teams are surrounding him and understanding that this is not just another football injury was just absolutely terrifying. And I think everybody involved in that stadium was just completely shook. Eric, what kind of communication were you guys getting from the NFL from the moment that the injury happened to when the game was postponed? Not much, and you know you're you're in the broadcast area. So I'm a part of the radio broadcast, the national TV broadcast is right there, national radio, and then Bengals radio. So we're all trying to get information. You have many other members of the media around, and we weren't getting much. I mean, we had ESPN on a monitor in our booth as well, and then we um, were just checking on Twitter and just looking for any type of update we could possibly get because our concern was there with, with Demar. We wanted to provide any type of update we could and the teams did a really good job of shielding what was uh, the care that was being given to DeMar on the field which we know now know was almost 10 minutes of CPR which I'm sure was just absolutely traumatizing for those guys to have to watch your your teammate without a pulse for for 
for some time there and them try to revive him on the field. And it was it was scary, brother. You just spoke about this team and what I played with you in the University of Louisville and you played for the Buffalo Bills and a lot of people don't understand that it is a family when you're with your teammates and you're around them more so than you are your own family. When you look at the Buffalo Bills in 2022 and you've seen the emotions last night of multiple players, uh, from Josh Allen, the quarterback, to Stephon Diggs, to T. White, who's in the secondary with them, and other players a part of that organization, how close is this, is this team? Um, you've seen a lot of the emotions, like I just mentioned last night, but how actually close are these guys from your eyes? I would. I. I don't think I'm out of line saying this is the most close knit group in the entire NFL, and it's for a number of reasons. One, they've been good. That good as of late. So you get a lot. You get to play with guys for multiple years when you, when you're winning games. And then when Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over, they brought in a lot of guys with similar character, similar makeup. They call it their DNA that they're looking for. And those guys get along. It's there's not a lot of egos. There's a lot of work ethic. And those guys respect each other. They love each other. And honestly, I got to cover DeMar Hamlin. We was at the University of Pittsburgh when I was working with ESPN. And when we would be in our production meetings, covered multiple pick games. In the production meetings, Pat Narduzzi, their head coach, would just rave about DeMar Hamlin, about the kind of guy he is, the person he is on and off the field. And being from Pittsburgh, from that McKees Rocks area, and then, you know, playing so well at the University of Pittsburgh, but then making an impact off the field as well. He would tell us that there may be guys drafted higher than DeMar Hamlin, but DeMar Hamlin is a pro. He's a, he's a pro in our building now, and he will be. And I saw Mike Tomlin speak at length about DeMar Hamlin, who he's gotten to know over the years as well. There's just so much love and respect for that young man. Uh, Eric, I really appreciate your time, your insight, uh, and I know this is difficult to talk about. We we appreciate you joining us on the show just to give us some insight. Listen to him on the Bills Radio, obviously. Uh, Eric Wood, Bills Radio Analyst. Thanks so much for the time, brother. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. That tightness. It just hits different. Like, you could feel it palpably from those guys on the field. You could feel what they were living through. That It's part of why... Like, the concept of just compartmentalize and play a game. I don't know how you do that. Like, this is such, Harry, an interesting, like, interesting is the wrong word. It's such a difficult time for the coaches to figure out how to navigate it because this isn't X's and O's. This is life and death. This isn't football. This is this is heart and soul. Like, getting everybody to figure out how to process what they saw even no matter how the outcome is, even if if everything's great with Demar Hamlin, even after all of that, processing what they saw, man, there is no there is there's no help for that. There's no explanation of how yeah, to do that. No, it's a sense of loyalty, the loyalty that those guys have to one another, right? And blood makes you related. Loyalty towards uh, one another makes you family, mm. and that's why this is so important because. These guys spend so much time together. They're loyal to one another. They know what each and every guy goes through on a daily basis. And they're there for one another through hard times. When a lot of people on the outside might not understand what they're going through, they're there for one another. right? And that's why it hits so hard because it's their family. It's technically their family. Without being related through blood, they're family. 
because of the things that they share with one another, the things that they go through with one another, but the things that they can share with one another that they might not be able to share with everyone else in this world. It's such a reminder that the process of just grieving in general through through any heartbreak is different for every every person. The process of of grieving through what they saw. Tamar Hamlin uh, right now obviously still in critical condition. And for the players, the process of of grieving just what they saw on the field. Every single guy in that locker room is going to handle that differently. Every single guy is going to have to go through their own process on that. There is no cut and dry Hey, this this like Harry Douglas might grieve it different than Jason Fitz does, right? Like, and and going through that process right now as an organization, they're going to have to do a, an incredible job of listening to every single person there it and is. what they need. Yep, be 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 the ear. You got to be the ear, especially in circumstances like this. You have to be the ear versus talking sometimes too much. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. The breaking news. The Bengals-Bills game will not be resumed this week. We'll tell you what that means next on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, the debut of Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. A memo has been sent out by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to all of the teams. Adam Schefter has tweeted that memo out. Harry, I'm going to take the time and read it in its entirety. I'm going to tell everybody this. No word in a memo from Roger Goodell is accidental, right? He's had time to craft this. Everything has meaning. So, this is the memo in its entirety. During last night's game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. DeMar experienced cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by on-air club physicians, on-site club physicians, sorry, and independent medical personnel, all of whom are highly trained in implementing the plans for medical emergencies. DeMar was stabilized and transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma center, where he remains in the ICU. After speaking with both teams and NFLPA leadership, I decided to postpone last night's game and have our focus remain on DeMar and his family. We are in regular contact with both clubs and with the medical team caring for DeMar and will share additional information as we receive it. Earlier today, the head of player engagement and team clinician for each club received information from Dr. I won't mispronounce his name, I'm sorry, about mental health and support resources that are available to your players and staff. Additional resources include on-site services can be available for any club that wishes this assistance. If your club would like to make use of these additional resources, please have your player engagement leader, team clinician, contact the doctor. A short time ago, after discussion with the two teams and the NFLPA, we advised Buffalo and Cincinnati that last night's game will not be resumed this week. No decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and we have not announced any changes to this weekend's schedule. We will promptly advise all clubs of any decisions that are made regarding these matters. If you have any questions in the meantime, please call me or any of our senior staff. I read that in its entirety because I want every ounce of context that Roger Goodell has provided. I also, Harry, want people to be aware that they are making it very clear that they are giving uh, all sorts of assistance to the clubs, additional for mental health and support resources because players all across the league are struggling right now with this. Also, it's important no decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and 
we have not announced any changes to this weekend schedule. That, to me, says everything's still on the table. We're not making any decisions. We're going to go with what we know so far, and what we know right now is this. Yeah, I think they're also going to take it you know, hour by hour, day by day, before deciding how to move forward promptly. You know what I mean? But I also love the simple fact that you know, he sent the memo to all the clubs, letting them know about the mental health side of things and how they have officials and you know places that they can go, these players, if there's an issue. Because I think it's going to be needed, not just for the Cincinnati Bengals or the Buffalo Bills, but for all 32 teams in the National Football League. Because Fitz, I'm a former player, and it hit me hard. It had me in tears last night. It had me struggling this morning driving up here to Bristol from New York. So I can only imagine... Number one, how it is on the Buffalo Bills and, and those players and how it is on the Cincinnati Bengals. But when you look across the National Football League and guys that have to go out there and play a game of football that's very violent and physical, the mental capacity, the mental state it has on those guys as well. So all the resources need to be utilized and used so guys can have the help that they need. It hits me because I watched last night Booger, who's – a dynamic personality. And Booger hasn't played the game for a very long time. And and Booger was struggling to hold back tears. I watched Ryan Clark. I watched Ryan Clark. Struggle to one of to the most again tears tear stay on stay, stay in his eyes, man. Dynamic. When I think of you, not only do I think of, of Harry Douglas, the, the close friend, you are a, a light when you walk into the room. It's hard not to see every former player's light dimmed. I cannot imagine right now being a current player looking at it and saying, well, got to go to work, guys. Going to play a game this weekend. Like, I think we just have to, in a world that we're becoming more and more confident and capable of having mental health discussions for athletes particularly, we need to have a focus on that right now. You said something I think that is brilliant. The league is taking it hour by hour. I cannot say this loud enough. I think that is an incredible approach. They should be taking it hour because what we know right now could change in an hour. And if it does change, you got to respect that. And I will say this, and for so long, you know, playing the game of football, you're taught, these players are taught to, you know, be macho men, be strong, be tough, be numb to certain things. This is a situation where I don't think anybody involved in the National Football League, I don't even think anybody in the world can be numb too. Because you may think that some, some things can't happen to you until they actually do happen. And it opens it, it opens up your eyes in a different light. And I think what happened to De, um, uh, Demar Hamlin last night opened up eyes for a lot of people, not just in the National Football League, but in Major League Soccer, in baseball, in basketball, you know, in everyday life. That one blow to your chest in any kind of way could put you in a in a, in a position in what our eyes seen last night. So I think it puts a uh, um, light on a, on a situation that anything can happen at any given moment and you don't know. You don't know when the play is going to be. You don't know when that moment is going to be in your life. Um, but you hope it never happens. There's a, I don't know, uh, like almost like a win-win for the Gipper mentality so many people have when they think of you know, football players that live through tragedy. And it's like, well, you know, this is going to bring everybody together. I understand that when football, when the field is your safe space. 
I understand that we can have moments where we watch somebody like you watch a quarterback that's gone through a loss come out and throw a bunch of touchdown passes and you say, well, look at, you know, they did that to honor their brother or their sister. Like somebody has a great game and it's like honoring a fallen family member. We see that that all the time. There's a difference between football is my safe space that distracts me from everything and I'm standing on the very field or I'm standing with the very guys that I watched DeMar Hamlin collapse. Uh, he remains in the ICU right now. An important update. He remains in the ICU right now at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We don't know how this is going to turn out. But we don't know also how a bunch of players that are used to going to the field to escape from life sometimes, in some instances, yep. are now going to handle it when that very escape is only a haunting remind, reminder of a terrible moment you lived through with a teammate, with a brother, with a friend, with somebody that's part of the fraternity of, of professional athletes. Like That just has to hit different mentally. And it's important that the league put systems in place to help everybody deal with this. And I understand everyone isn't you know religious, but there's power in prayer. And I want everyone to keep DeMar Hamlin's family in your prayers. I want you all to pray. Um, for him and his family and also for everyone that was involved in last night. I think that's one of the best things that we could do right now at this moment and have the, the simple faith that, you know, things are going to be okay. There is a prayer vigil at 3 o'clock at the team store in Buffalo. I want to stress that for anybody that is in and around Buffalo and wants to be part of that moment as we all continue to figure out what's next, uh, obviously, for DeMar Hamlin What's next for the NFL as they try to navigate these waters? There are no easy answers right now. The most important thing is always going to be DeMar Hamlin's health. The question is, how does everybody involved in this move forward? Can they move forward? What systems can be put in place? What can we do to help the players? And the reality of it is, this isn't something that just impacts these two teams. It impacts the entire NFL. We'll continue to talk about why it impacts the league and how the league moves forward next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, also hanging out with you on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.